Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, PodcastOne.com, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to GEICO.com, get a quote, and see how much you can save. It's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com today. That's GEICO.com. Once again, it's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com today. GEICO.com. Broadcasting from the Mercedes Man Cave, this is Dan Patrick. I hope you had a great weekend, everybody. Final hour on this Monday. Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Say good morning to our radio affiliates, numbering 362 cities around America. Also, our radio, or our TV partners, the Audience Channel, that's Channel 239 on DirecTV, and VR Live. All three hours are streamed for you. Reggie Miller will join us fresh off the All-Star festivities over the weekend. It was a tough weekend for fans at Kobe Bryant. You couldn't help but get the feeling that he should have been there at the All-Star weekend in Chicago, maybe even watching with his daughter. And they probably would have been, but credit the NBA for their great tributes and for acting swiftly and naming the All-Star Game MVP award after Kobe Bryant. It was a fitting honor because, in many ways, Kobe was a star among stars, and there may have been better players like Michael Jordan. There may have been greater Lakers, if you want, with Magic and Kareem. But but Kobe had this incredible influence on an entire generation of players, and it was on full display this weekend. When you think about that, Michael Jordan had an impact on players just because of how he played. Kobe was giving tutorials. Like, he reached out to players. You know, he nurtured some players. And, you know, this after he turned off that, com- you know, competitive gene in his body. Um, and then he was trying to help his daughter become a great player. And these other, you know, girls, women's basketball. He had a great second career here. A few NBA awards are named after people we don't know about. You're probably not familiar with the Larry O'Brien Trophy. He was uh, the commissioner of the NBA. Uh, Kawhi Leonard became the first winner of the Kobe Bryant Award, and there was a lot of emotion there. I think it, you know, it, it hit on him. I think that's why LeBron, you know, LeBron took that shot like from 40 feet away that would would have been the game winner if he made it. You know, guys, they wanted to win that MVP. They wanted to win that game. And on a night when all the players wore 24 for Kobe or two in honor of Gigi, you know, Kobe's impact on the game was really strong there last night, pre-game, but also the way those guys played. And hopefully his impact on the game is here for years and years and years to come. But it was nice what they did. I felt, I felt like the commissioner, David Stern, probably got lost in this a little bit and when you start to think about the NBA and the number of international players, that's that's David Stern. The number of players who say, I got a chance to watch the NBA growing up, might have been at 3 in the morning. The dream team with what happened at the Olympics. That's David, David Stern. David Stern impact, probably not fully measured. And, and he wasn't an egotistical guy of saying, notice what I've done. He always wanted to grow the business. What is best? How, he was just a smart businessman. And his approach, uh, and I had wonderful interactions with him. 
But if he didn't like it or didn't like you or like what you said, he would tell you. And, uh, you know, the commissioner will be greatly missed as well because he was helping Adam Silver as the sounding board there. Adam Silver was with David Stern in that league office for a long, long time. And then Adam Silver takes over, but David Stern was still there for him whenever he needed him as a sounding board. But for Kobe Bryant, with those younger players, the impact, and you're still finding out what that impact was. These players first met him, or he called them. Whatever it might be, it felt like every player had a Kobe Bryant moment. Anybody under the age of 35, it feels like they had their Kobe Bryant moment growing up when they were younger. Certainly those players 30 and under. He was their Jordan, and you saw that on full display last night. Uh, Jennifer Hudson did a wonderful job. Spectacular. Like, I can't imagine trying to corral your emotions long enough to be able to sing something so poignant in such a beautiful voice on stage in your hometown. I thought it was really, really well done. And even common with what he was doing. You know, it's obviously different than Jennifer Hudson, but... I thought Common was really good and what he was saying and how he was saying it. And the player introductions were fun as well. I thought it was it was a great weekend for the NBA. Not a great weekend for baseball and the commissioner, by the way, because when we started to scratch our heads at Jim Crane, the Astros owner, and then all of a sudden the commissioner sat down with Carl Ravage and he told us why the Astro players – didn't get punished or punished the way we wanted them to. Here's a portion of that. The one thing that I do take issue with, um, the notion that anybody in the Houston organization escaped without punishment. And uh, I think if you look at the faces of the Houston players as they've been out there publicly addressing this issue, they have been hurt by this. They will live with questions about what went on in 2017 and 2018 for the rest of their lives. And frankly, it's rare that for any offense, you have a punishment that you will live with for the rest of your life. So I you know, hope the questions um, will at least take into account those two thoughts. Okay. So it's just public shame, that's it. Imagine if I'm a bank robber. I, I rob a bank. And my punishment is I get to keep the money. And what you do is you put my picture in the paper. I don't go to jail, but everybody's going to know I robbed a bank. And I get to keep the money. Now I'm going to get dirty looks when I go to, you know, the grocery store. Like, yeah, he robbed a bank. I still get to keep it. I, I, keep, I get to keep the money. So I'm going to steal from baseball. And we end up winning the World Series. And I get to keep all the money I've made. And we get to keep the trophy. But, you know, all I, all I got is public shame. Like, come on. It just doesn't make sense. I mean, the commissioner probably can't say it, but he's like, I don't want to take on the Players Association. That's it. I don't want to get tied up in litigation and grievances. And I, I, If he thought it was going to go away fast, the reason why it's not is because the punishment did not fit the crime. And I still go back to Pete Rose. Pete Rose is not in the Hall of Fame, not even on the ballot, and is not going to get there. If he does, it'll be posthumously. But he's had public shame for decades now. And he didn't get to keep any of that. I mean, he's got all of his awards, all of his stats, but he can't get in. He can't even get on the ballot.
And he's had this public shame for decades here. It just doesn't add up there. And I don't want to hear the Astros trying to make excuses here that now Jose Altuve didn't cheat. Who cheated? How many guys cheated? Because you guys ran the entire clubhouse here. Now, are, you, are they saying they didn't cheat? Or, or is it semantics that they just bent the rules? Like I, it, This isn't over, by the way. In my opinion, it's not over. Because it's open season on the Astros, and I just think somebody's going to say something, and it's going to trip somebody up. And I don't think the commissioner, this isn't double jeopardy, where he can go back and now punish the players. You know, and he said, hey, we didn't find anything with the buzzers. And that's if the Astros approach is, hey, the commissioner didn't find anything. Wait, did you guys use buzzers? Commissioner didn't find anything. That that didn't help in this situation here. And I is this story true that Carlos Correa said part of the reason, or one of the reasons why Altuve didn't want his jersey ripped off is he had an unfinished tattoo or a, a, a an ugly tattoo. Is it? I thought his wife said not to do it. Now he's got a bad tattoo? McLevin, have you seen this story? If it's oh, a- yeah. He's got a tattoo on his collarbone that is either ugly or incomplete, and that's why I didn't want to rip it off. Wait, I thought his wife said, hey, don't have your jersey torn off. Now it's a tattoo? Like, they got it. Who thinks about that as they're rounding third base in the, one of the great moments of your baseball okay. career? Does, did Altuve say... How many times do we say, hey, guys, by the way, I got an ugly tattoo, or my tattoo's not finished, so whatever you do, if I hit the home run to win, don't rip off my jersey. It, it doesn't make sense. But I thought it was his wife didn't want him to have his jersey taken off. Yeah, definitely. And there's something, remember at the very beginning, I think Scott Boris said he was shy or something, which might be through his wife. And then, but Carlos Correa said he had an unfinished tattoo on his collarbone. So what is it? Is he shy and his wife didn't want his shirt off, or did he have a bad tattoo? <laughs> Correct. <laughs> one of those two. <laughs> Whatever one you're going to believe, that's the one we're going with here. Yeah, McLevin. And he pulled a total Mark McGuire showing all those supplements in his locker room. Uh, apparently, Altuve's been walking around shirtless showing off this tattoo all day. <laughs> Remember when McGuire was like... Whatever, some GNC product that he's like, I've been taking this. That Androstein Dion. Yeah. But Altuve is apparently walking around shirtless, and so everyone can see this tattoo. That he has a bad tattoo? Yeah. Well, actually, Correa said it was incomplete at the time. An so incomplete. I don't know if it's so bad. An incomplete tattoo. Unfinished tattoo. So it, in that moment, you just hit the biggest home run in Astros history. One of the biggest home runs in baseball history. The biggest hit of your life. And what are you thinking about? My incomplete tattoo. <laughs> Come on. You know, Dan, the shading really wasn't up to... Hard. Do you start a tattoo? Uh, this is a question for you tattoo guys. Like, well, it, if it's a, if it's a large one. But you, it's October. Aren't you busy playing I, baseball? I'm going to guess you don't want to get a tattoo during the postseason. I I don't. But I, you know, got a lot of downtime. And on your collarbone. But it's incomplete. Yeah, see. I got arms full of terrible <laughs> incomplete tattoos. Doesn't bother me none. <laughs> Yeah, but you don't want to go shirtless on the show right now, I imagine. Yeah, that's got nothing to do with crappy tattoos. His wife doesn't want him to take off his shirt on the show. We don't want him to take off his shirt on the and show. And sadly, I keep doing it for some reason. So. Yeah, Paul. Maybe the tattoo is, I know the count, and he didn't want that out there. You see that on your chest. That's an admission. Yeah. It's a picture of a garbage can, but it's not complete there. 
Yes, Don. I was just imagining a wire hanging down from his neck if they pulled his jersey up with some type of electronic device for the whole world yeah, at that moment. I know. I know. You mean the one that's plastered all over the Internet every time <laughs> you go look at yeah. the pictures of the wires? Yeah. I mean, there is something under his jersey, but we have no idea if that's authentic. The only thing I thought was, did Major League Baseball have him wired up because they were going to do like that year-end story on the Astros where they put out a, uh, you know, a video for everybody? Like a mic'd up player. In, in fairness to El Tuve, like I hope none of this is true. I, I really do. Like what I, what I see, I hope it's always legitimate. And when it's not, then you know I throw the flag on it. And this is a situation that doesn't add up, does it? And baseball is desperate to move on from this. And I'm not saying that they came out with a new playoff format just to maybe divert our attention, but it felt like that. Maybe it's just coincidental. You know what I would do? How crazy is this? Here's the thought I have with the commissioner. You know what I'd do? You want to get back in the good graces? Put Pete Rose on the Hall of Fame ballot. Public sentiment will be on your side. Now we've moved on from the out because we got the Red Sox coming up this week. Put on put Shoeless Joe, <laughs> Shoeless Joe Jackson on the ballot. Now all of a sudden, it's kind of interesting. Now I can go. Oh, that playoff format didn't uh, didn't didn't stop you from going back to the okay. What are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? We'll put Pete Rose on the ballot. That's what we'll do. You know, we have stopped talking about the uh, the new baseball that they used the past two seasons. Now that baseball oversees Rawlings and is partnering with Rawlings, and coincidentally, the entire league is hitting twenty percent more home runs at the exact same time. Yeah. So that that topic's over for a little bit because of the Astros. Yeah. I'd put Pete Rose on the ballot. Shoeless Joe Jackson should be on the ballot. Shoeless Joe Jackson should be in the Hall of Fame. It's silly. He if he he played well in the in the World Series. Now, if that's the case, then nobody on the Astros gets into the Hall of Fame. Justin Verlander knew about Jose Altuve or the Astros and cheating, right? Verlander pitched well. Verlander can't get in the Hall of Fame, right? He knew about it. He didn't stop it. Like, at some point, I mean, it's just not going away. It's just not. Yes, I don't know. You can't, you can't hold the they-knew-about-it-people that accountable because kind of, I mean, so many people know about so but, many things happening in that game. Well, but that's what they're doing to Joe Jackson. Shoeless Joe Jackson hit 375 in the World Series and knew about it. Therefore, because you knew about it, it, it goes back to uh, what happened with Sean Payton. He was the head coach of the Saints when you had the bounty gate. And he got suspended a year. Yeah, McClellan. Yeah, I'm with Seton. Like, what about the guys that knew about the steroid era guys? Like, everyone on Oh, I know, but that's what I'm saying. Shoeless Joe Jackson should be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I feel like that's pretty hot because Pete Rose was allegedly kept out. He didn't even bet against himself, where Shoeless Joe did bet against himself. that's what we've been told. Right, right, right. But Uh, Shoeless Joe kind of... At the end, it was discovered he was in on the throwing thing, right? Even though he played pretty well. What, wasn't he in on it? I just thought he knew about it. 
Yeah, oh, okay. He might have known about it. That could very well be Let true. me take a break. Reggie Miller is going to be calling in soon. We'll take a break back after this. How much money are you paying in interest on your credit cards every month? Too much? Then why not consolidate your credit cards into just one payment at a lower fixed rate and start saving money now? It's easy with a credit card consolidation loan from Lightstream. Rates are as low as 5.95% APR with auto pay. You could even get your money as soon as the day you apply. Lightstream believes that people with good credit deserve a better loan experience, and that's exactly what they deliver. I heard about Lightstream through a radio program advertisement. I'm so glad I had the courage to reach out and try their service. Top-notch customer service and support, very streamlined process, no issues or regrets. Just for our listeners, apply now to get a special interest rate discount. Save even more. The only way to get this discount, go to lightstream.com slash danpatrick, L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M.com slash danpatrick, subject to credit approval. Rate includes 0.5% auto pay discount. Terms and conditions apply, and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash danpatrick for more information. Once again, I urge you, visit lightstream.com slash danpatrick for more info. Out of Sleep Number Bed. If you listen to the Dan Patrick Show, we've talked about Sleep Number forever. We've been partners with them forever. Thank goodness. You know, you know of all this, but I'm going to tell you, and again, Sleep Number Beds allow you to adjust on each side for ideal firmness. When you buy a mattress normally for one of those, you know, sketchy places, it doesn't match. If, if one side, one person likes it one way, one likes it the other, you, you got to have your sleep number set, and you can change it to whatever you want. Mine's 55, my wife's is 45, but you can have two different beds in one. The Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed senses your movements and automatically adjusts to keep you sleeping comfortably at night. With Sleep IQ technology in the bed, it tracks how you sleep and gives you personalized insights for your sleep. But the only negative about the Sleep Number Bed, we're about to go to Miami for a week for the Super Bowl. We're not going to have our Sleep Number Beds with us. You miss your bed. I'm not kidding. You get back in that thing, and you just want to sleep. I really miss my sleep number bed. I'm not having gone to Miami yet. Discover a proven sleep quality at, say, 50% on the 360 limited edition smart bed now at the ultimate sleep number event. Only at sleep number store or sleepnumber.com slash Patrick. Check it out right now. Sleepnumber.com slash Patrick. Reggie Miller, part of NBA All-Star Weekend festivities in Chicago. He'll be on the call for the Rockets Warriors this Thursday night at 1030 Eastern on TNT alongside Kevin Harlan and Kristen Ledlow. I guess uh, with the common theme of the player introductions, I uh, have this one offered up from uh, uh, one of our listeners, Jim Wisler. His three-point shot was so deadly, they called him a killer. Here's five-time All-Star, Reggie Aloysius Miller. <laughs> common who? Let's put Peter in next year in Indiana. That's right. Forget common. Yep. Look, I've been, I've been a part of the NBA and the Turner family for the last 14 years, that was absolutely the best hands-down intro that I've been a part of. <laughs> Certainly they didn't have anything like that when I played. But, you know, let's face it. It's The All-Star game is, you know, I would say, half entertainment and half the game, right? That was the best intro because Common was on point, and everyone's asking, did he have a teleprompter up there? And I tell them, who cares? I don't care if he had a teleprompter or not. His cadence and his delivery and the short rhymes were on point. So he really set the – I think him along with Jennifer Hudson, they set the mood, the tone for the game. I thought Shaka Khan was fantastic as well. You and I were Shaka's era. We grew up with her music, her singing the national anthem. The tone was set, and I thought the game delivered when it had to. All right. Did you know it was going to be that intense? Because I looked at the stats here, Reg, and I don't know if you're aware of this, but first quarter, players combined to shoot 62%. 
They shot 48% in the second quarter, 57% in the third quarter. They shot 35% in the fourth quarter. Dunks, 23 in the first quarter, 12 in the second, 13 in the third, 3 in the fourth. Fouls, 2 in the first, 5 in the second, 7 in the third, 21 in the fourth. (laughs) Block shots, 1 in the first, 2 in the second quarter, 4 in the third, and 7 in the fourth. It started so, so to what you're telling up. me is there's a theme. There's, something was forming as the night went on. Look, no one really knew what to expect in this new this new format. Once the game started, I think uh, Grant and and Marv and I, we kind of looked at each other. It was like, oh, here we go again. The first two quarters, I think the guys were kind of feeling their way through. LeBron won the first quarter for his charity. Giannis won the second quarter for his charity. And they went to halftime. I'm thinking, okay, all right, both teams, they've got money for their charity. Now it's time to go. And I think you saw the level of play step up the start of that third quarter. And certainly that fourth quarter was the best basketball. I know people were like, there were so many fouls and, you know, offensive fouls. Look, guys were putting their bodies on. Kyle Lowry was putting his body, his career on the line Standing in front of LeBron James coming downhill. Are you kidding me? I didn't want it to end on a free throw. Um, and, and if people thought this was going to speed up the game, it didn't. The fourth quarter was 45 minutes long. But I did like that. Could you ever see the NBA adopting this during the regular season? I don't think so during the regular season. I think for an exhibition glorified pickup game like this was, it was fantastic. I know people are probably a little bit upset by ending on a free throw, but they knew all along what your target number was. By any means necessary, get to that target number. Sometimes you've got to play defense without fouling. I think I kept highlighting that once they hit 156. You've got to play defense without fouling. And they got caught on a switch with Kyle Lowry down low against Anthony Davis, and he had no choice but to foul him. The slam dunk contest. Help me out here. Help me. Help me understand what was what was going on behind the scenes. And if you had to vote today between those two, who gets your vote? I would have gave it to them both. And I kept saying this on air. I thought the judges they set the tone in the mood. That's whatever scores they gave out. They set the tones by giving out those fifties early. So a lot of those dunks, I wouldn't say were similar but they were close in nature. So if one got 50, the other had to get 50, right? Yeah. So you couldn't go above. So you, I don't care about them giving out a lot of 50s, but the tone had been set. So uh, to me, I would have walked off the podium. And look, we've had all-star game finals MVPs before, right? We've had co-rookie of the years before. Why can't we have a co-slam dunk champion? Well, here's something. I don't know if this has ever been brought up, but why not have 9.6 or 9.8? Not everything is a 10. Not everything's a 50. You're right. They And I, I believe they used to have something like that, um, kind of like the you know the Olympic judges yes. you know, or in gymnastics. I, I agree because some, like the Pat Connington dunk, could have been like an 8.5 or a not, you know, 8.6. Yeah. It could have been something like that, which – Look, when you jump over a 7'5", dude, and you've had 50s across the board, I just don't see how you lose. I don't see how you can lose that. So, to me, they should have shook hands, 
and we'll share the championship, a Bobby Fisher line. But I, I, Derek, let me get, let me say this too: Derek Jones Jr. deserves the win as well because he was spectacular. So I don't want to rain on his parade because he is the slam dunk champion. But I, I, I'm still scratching my head how you can have 50s across the board, jump over a 7-5 dude, and not have any hardware at the end of the day. But why were the judges reportedly conspiring to make it a tie? Why not? I mean, just look. I think I think Kenny and I kept it honest. We we kept Wayne Wade a little bit honest. I I think they didn't want that responsibility because if they would have given Aaron Gordon a fifty and it would have been another tie, they would have had to decide those five. So obviously, it would have been a three-two. You would have had your champion by then. I don't think they wanted that to come down to them. Which is unfortunate. That's that's my only reasoning and thinking behind that. But you jump over a seven five dude, and you have fiftieths across the board. You deserve to win. What about the play with Trey Young going between the legs of James Harden? Can you imagine a young guy like a second year guy doing that to you? Like, um, well, he's done it all, all year. It's the nutmeg, as they call it, and he's done it in games throughout the year. But he usually does that against big men. Rarely will you see a guy <laughs> on James Harden level, a guard. You, you normally don't see that that done because James Harden has done that to players before. So I was a little surprised he did that. And that kind of showed the first two quarters. You know, they were kind of going through the motions and everyone was crushing their head like, oh, God, here we go again. But uh, it's a sweet play. But I will say this. If I'm one of those bigs and he did that to me, I would let him go all the way to the hole. And he's going to be out about a week, <laughs> right? He's going to be out about a week. You know who looked out of place last night? There are two guys, Jokic and James Harden looked out of place in a format like that. I think, well, if you from Joker's standpoint, it's, it's a glorified up-and-down game, yeah. right? And his style of play is throw it to me in the post, do a whole bunch of cutting. Either I'm going to you know, pass the ball to you, I can knock down a three. It's not really his style of game. James Harden probably hit the biggest shot, that three in the corner, to tie the ball game, or I believe to go up three. So I think he came on late. Again, it's an all-star game. Yeah. I'm applauding how that fourth quarter. I've never seen so much dialogue with the officials in an all-star game, maybe ever. And it showed you the sense of urgency. And I don't know if you could tell by watching the game at home, but the two charities that were side-by-side side yeah. in the end zone. That was awesome. They were, they were going at it, which, like, added to the hype in the building. So that was kudos to whoever thought of that to have – I mean, it was brilliant. You know, Team Giannis and Team LeBron and that fan base going at one another. It just added to the drama inside that building. Do you uh, cross paths with anybody interesting at the All-Star festivities? It was star-studded, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, it took me back a few things because Donnie Wahlberg, I remember when, and I'm going to tell you my age, like when New Kids on the Block, again, that's your – No, that's not mine. Yes, it is. No, it's not mine. Yes, it is. No. Okay, your girls. How about this? Your girls, right? Your family? No. Yes, they were. They were listening to New Kids on the Block. Stop it. My boy band was the Osmonds and the Jackson (laughs) 5. Okay, 
Okay, my boy band was the Jackson Five. Okay, you're right. It's not ours. Okay, all right. Mine so Donnie, Donnie Wahlberg and New Kids on the Block, what? Yes, back in the day, okay. Market Square, when they would come through, I mean, they asked me to go on stage. With, it was crazy back then, like some of the stories. Wait, things. you went on stage with New Kids on the Block? I went on stage with New Kids. Oh, <laughs> oh, 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 yeah, baby. I had my overalls on. Yes, they brought oh, me no. out. Yes. Oh, oh no. yes. Thank God social media was not around back then. Thank God. Uh, Paulie, find that. Find that. That picture of Reg on stage with new kids on the block. We're, we're on it. All right, thank you. Good luck. Good luck with that. Thank God. Well, if there's Polaroids, they might be Polaroids <laughs> of that. Who else did you run into? Uh, Cardi B swung by the the broadcast station. Queen. Oh, I love Queen Latifah. Love her, love her, love her. So it was always great when the celebs come by and give a shout-out and Theodore, you, my Danettes, you and the Danettes need to come to Indiana next year. Why don't you guys like treat it like it's a Super Bowl? Treat it like it's a Super Bowl and come to Indiana and just hang out. To my adopted home state, y'all have to show some love. Do you still have a crib there? I do not. Oh. But we could all Airbnb <laughs> together, one big family. We're gonna have, yeah. But if Shaq goes into the bathroom, they, then, you know, that's not going to be good. That would be great. The Theodore and the Danettes, <laughs> and we'll have the studio show with Shaq, Charles, oh. Kenny, and Ernie, and we'll, and we'll just all be in a house, and we'll just live stream it like Big Brother, okay? Was Michael Jordan there? I did not see him. Okay. No. I don't think he was there. No, because I, I saw they did that uh, that video. How that, cool was that the open? How cool was that open? Yeah, they, Talking about Chicago. Yeah. I mean, okay, Reg, they they tried to claim Kevin Garnett with Chicago. Now, is he from South Carolina? Yes, he was there for a year and a half when he went to <laughs> high school. He's not from Chicago. Well, they claim Jordan, too. Well, you can see that. Yeah, but Mike, yeah, I'm okay with that one. But Kevin Garnett, I went, wait, he's from South Carolina. He spent some time in the city. He spent some time. So have I. So have I. I come from Chicago too. I've got my head beaten plenty of times by that black cat in Chicago. So I should be a Chicagoan as well. Did you have to pay taxes for every city that you went into? Really? Yes. Yes. For the IRS that's listening, yes, I paid my taxes. Yes. And what? Then you had a couple of states that didn't have income tax. Well, and then you had a couple states that you're there quite often, like in New York. We were there a lot because of playoffs, other than the two times you go there during the regular season. So there's some states that, you know, that tax, you look like, what? How am I part of the land? <laughs> How is this? <laughs> what if you don't play, but you go with the team? Like, you, that still counts, right? Because you're, you're, you're still in that state for a game. You know that picture of Uncle Sam saying, yep. pointing? <laughs> he, he knows what Big Brother's always watching. He's looking. He hey, knows. By the way, Jordan turns 57 today. Happy birthday, Black Jesus. <laughs> black cat. <laughs> Number 23. You, you're not I hate calling him Michael Jordan. I hate saying Michael Jordan because there's a lot of other names I can't say on air that I affectionately call him. But okay. the great, he's, look, the GOAT. Okay. And we just celebrated, you know, our great athletes in our game today in the All-Star game, but he 
to me, he stands above everyone else. And I thought um, I might be close. The, the one thing that really struck me is the impact that Kobe had on these younger players, because as we like to say, he was their Jordan. And, Correct. And Kobe's impact, influence on these you know, younger players is really remarkable. You know, Jordan didn't do what Kobe did. He wasn't reaching out to try to, you know, make these guys better or, you know, hey, you want to pick my brain? Like, Kobe really relished that. I think he loved the, the science, the, the, you know, that approach to being great and the fact that these guys, every one of them had a story about Kobe. But also, too, Kobe was the start of social media and the height of it. And he used that to his advantage. If MJ would, you know, would have been a part of the social age and media and TikTok and Instagram and Twitter, he would be just as big. But that's I know, but I don't know if he would have been sharing secrets. He would, no, he, no. Right? Well, I tried. I tried when he was shooting Space Jam, and we'd go up to the Jordan Dome to play after he. I, I still don't understand how he did this. He would shoot from 6 a.m to about 7 p.m., and then summon us, the king would summon us <laughs> to come play basketball. They built a dome. They called it the Jordan Dome on the set of, I think that was Paramount or MGM, whatever it was. Yeah. They, they built a, a basketball, and we would all come run from, like, 9 to, like, midnight. And, Dan, I swear, I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find it. I'm going to find the tails. I'm going to find his, his weaknesses. This is going to be great. He's not going to know what I'm doing. And every time they would pick teams, I'm like, no, nope, I want to be on the opposite. I said, no, I'm, I'm opposite MJ. We're the same position. It would be good, you know, for us to go out one another. Damn it, I couldn't find a damn thing on this dude. Not one. Not one. I got uh, two more introductions for you before uh, I let you go. I hope yes, you're not sir. getting a cold here. You sound. Is it just because you were talking so much this weekend? Oh man, All Star Weekend. Okay, yelling over, you know, D Wade, and you know, it was a long weekend. But see, I knew how important this was. Our conversations on Monday. I don't care about my throat. I care okay. about that's. Our hey, conversations and, and, and I'm texting Reg. You know, while he's getting ready for the three point or the uh, you know three point shooting contest, and I, I said, yeah, hey, tell him our combo. I said, are you going to bring it up on the air of a former player with a current player in the three-point contest? And what did you say? I said, perhaps, if it comes up, yes, I will. And then you said, you can take credit for it. Yes. I'm like, no, I don't steal things from other people. I'm not the Houston <laughs> Astros. <laughs> so I don't need to steal or cheat. All right. That, okay. That's what I was saying. I know. All right, here you go. He's one of the best shooters of all time. I can say that with no pretense. But on the other side of the ball, my man never played defense. Here's Reggie Miller. That is so – I cannot believe you just hurt my feelings Okay, like Okay, I'm going I'm to hurt your feelings again. From beyond the arc, my man was real nifty. When Reg came into the league, he weighed a buck fifty. No, okay, well, that's better. <laughs> that's much better. That's the proper calling I deserve. Right uh, uh, safe travels. It was a, it was great watch, great listen the entire weekend, and uh, TNT did a wonderful job. Reg will be on the call for Rockets and the Warriors Thursday night at ten thirty Eastern on TNT. Thank you, Reg. Theodore, absolutely the best, Danettes. I love y'all, Big Brother House, Indiana, All Star twenty twenty one. Woo! That's Reggie Miller. 
I have another one here. This is Michael in Maine, 511-190. He gave me worst of the 511-190. Thank you. Uh, Worst of the week, the first three quarters of the All-Star game. Uh, Then I have an introduction. With a boring game that folds all emotion, he's only here because of devotion. His skills are better suited for poker. From the Denver Nuggets, I deal you the joker. Mm-hmm. Take a break here. We'll close up shop. What we learn, what's in store tomorrow. I think Common's worried about uh, some of these people writing. I thought the ones that we had for Reggie were pretty good there. All right, we'll take a break. Back after this. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to GEICO.com, get a quote, and see how much you can save. It's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com today. That's GEICO.com. Once again, it's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com today. GEICO.com. Hey, listeners, just wanted to take a minute to thank all our great sponsors and all of you great listeners for supporting this podcast. We certainly couldn't do it without either of you. And I wanted to remind you that you can support our sponsors by going to our show page at podcastone.com, clicking on the Support This Podcast button, and there you will see all our wonderful sponsors that help make this show possible. Thank you for downloading, subscribing, and, of course, supporting. And now, back to the show. Uh, Tom Fish 27 tweets, Why suspend players for performance-enhancing drug use? They don't have to live with questions the rest of their life? Question mark? And you're right. It just doesn't make sense with, you know, the, the shame that the Astros are going to be living with the rest of their lives. Yeah. All right. Uh, got a, a couple of Meat Friday songs. Let's see. Here is uh, Fad in Iowa with a uh, Traeger Meat Friday song. Lead on a Friday morning. And I'm listening at the fever. Tyson in Texas. Dan walks hurriedly down the street. The Traeger's ready to go. Ain't no sound but the sound of the heat. Pellets burning low and slow. Are you ready? Hey, are you ready for this? Are you hanging on the edge of your seat? Out of the doorway, the dance ripped. To the smell of the meat, yeah. Another meat fry day. Another meat fry day. Okay. And another bite gone. And another bite gone. It's uh, Tyson in Texas. Another one bites the dust. And uh, here is Taylor and Matt in Ohio. I've had 
the best need of my life. <laughs> and I owe it all to Arcade Fire on the queue, McLove and Polly Fritzy too, it's me Friday. Mario shooting the ball, Tim didn't believe just what he saw, and Now with me sweats on her mind, seasoning is one of a kind by the IT guy. <laughs> That's a bad Taylor and Matt in Ohio, a lovely couple. Wonderful. I question that edit that we just had in there. Uh, this day in sports history, Paulie. I've got a couple. 1968, the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame opened in Springfield, Massachusetts. Have you guys ever been there? Yes, I have. I've is been it, there a uh, couple of times. Oh, cool. It's, well, it was great for me, but I the last time, first time I went was when Pete Maravich got inducted into the Hall of Fame. So Pete's, I don't know how long Pete's been dead, but he, he was 40 when he died. But uh, prior to that, when he got into the Hall of Fame, I went there for that ceremony. The uh, first time. So it's probably been... 30 years, maybe? Yeah, see. Yeah, I haven't been to the new one, uh, like, since they did it over, but I went to the old one, and I remember they had this, like, conveyor belt. At the very end. At the very end that you could, uh, you, they had all these different hoops all over the place, different sizes and stuff, and you yeah. could shoot there, and it was pretty awesome. I did that with Maravich, and Maravich came through the Hall of Fame, and then they had this conveyor belt where they they move you down, like, there's, like, I don't know, 10 baskets there, and you just shoot hoops, and then that's the last thing you do at the, the Basketball Hall of Fame. They stopped the conveyor belt for Maravich, and my cameraman was just shooting Maravich, watching him shoot, and I thought, you know what? He had enough uh, coverage of Maravich. I, I stood next to Maravich and shot hoops, and I'm thinking, that's like, this will never happen. I mean, it's the coolest thing in my life. Do you not say anything because you want it just to keep going? Like, where you're like, don't mention it, that this is a big deal. And just hopefully we can shoot for quite a five minutes. I just thought, you know, people are probably going to go, which one's Maravich? Right. And, uh, you know, I'm just going to shoot some hoops there. Just two great shooters. And somebody would say, who, who else is going in with Maravich? Who's the other Hall of Famer? I didn't know Pete Maravich had a twin brother. <laughs> That's what you're hoping. But Paul Maravich. Uh, also, 2003, uh, Emmett Smith and the owner, Jerry Jones, agreed that releasing Smith to the Cowboys was a win-win situation. And then he played one more year at the Cardinals. Yeah. Like Dorsett didn't finish his career in Dallas. Emmett didn't. Uh, Kurt Warner, or, um, yeah, the, the running back. Didn't he go to leave Seattle? And oh, then... yeah. No, wait, wait, wait. We're thinking of Franco going to Seattle, right? Franco did, but didn't. Uh, John Alexander? No. no. Kurt Warner, I Kurt thought he had Warner... any injuries. I don't think he. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's not true. But, yeah, all these guys, it feels like they – and O.J., when he ended up with the Niners, like, you know, when you see these running backs with – you know, they make their name with one team and then they end up with – in another jersey and it just looks weird. Uh, the Dodgers manager, Dave Roberts, will join us coming up on the program tomorrow. What are we going to talk about there? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but he knows we're having him on to talk about this. So, like, he's, he's looking – I think he's looking forward to this. Well, he's had a couple of players. Certainly Cody Bellinger hasn't shied away from, you know, being critical. I would just 
And I'm curious if he says, hey, get it out of your system and then let's move on because we have a, we have a season coming up here. Like, we haven't won a title. We have to win a title. And let's focus on that. You can be angry. Cody Bellinger's angry. Uh, he's voiced his displeasure with the Astros. But I want to know Dave Roberts' job in this moment. Todd, what did you learn on today's program? If you're Commissioner Silver, you try and convince Aaron Gordon to return for oh, the slam dunk contest. Absolutely. McLovin. I have an idea to add decimal points to fix this judging problem with the slam dunks. Yeah, not every dunk is a 10. Like, some can be a 9-8, 9-9, nine, 9-7. Nine, nine, it's like we just throw out 50s. Like, that's a 50. Perfect. Seat no counter. Pat Connaughton says his name wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Pat Connaughton. What did DJ Khaled call him? Uh, I don't even think he got close. Paulie, what would you learn? The Watt family throws a wonderful wedding. Yeah, I was surprised you were there at the wedding. What did I learn, Todd? Since he's a bit porky, Jeff in Detroit got profiled by those selling Girl Scout cookies. <laughs> they saw him coming a mile away. What we learned brought to you by LegalZoom. And you can set, got a belly. <laughs> set up your business for success. Go to LegalZoom.com today. Take care of your business seats. Enter the promo code Patrick in the box at checkout. LegalZoom, where life meets legal. Talk to you tomorrow. Podcast One has some exciting news. It's official. Our shows are now available on Spotify. And it's free. We want to make it super easy for you and your friends to listen to our podcasts. And joining Spotify allows us to be in even more places for fans to find us. If you're already listening to music on Spotify, you can now listen to our podcasts in the same place. If you're not on Spotify yet, all you have to do is download the free app. That's right. No credit card necessary. And simply search for our shows to start listening. Five-hour energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life. And now it comes in two great tropical flavors, strawberry banana and tropical burst. They're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise. Try them both, then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com. You could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 73120. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details.